0: an army rising there's going to come a time that the church will rise as the highest of all the mountains and saviors will be raised in the church to deal with the world system and let it be now we need to have a national focus we don't have to lose this ambition or else we we'll work against the great commission they are equipped in righteousness to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit, for we know no defeat. The agenda, to possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping centre of the word and prayer on Pentecost Hour. Stay tuned in. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm very grateful to the Almighty God for this opportunity to worship you. This year we want to take service seriously. Now we have been doing service as usual, but we want to kind of have an orientation that when we meet, we have come to Zion, the city of the living God. It was on Mount Zion that God gave the Ten Commandments. But in the New Testament, when we have gathered like this, we need the active presence of God in our midst. And in that active presence of God, we need to receive from God a living word. A living word. Now, why do we have to receive? We have to receive to go and serve his purpose there. So we have come here to worship, and then we need to serve his purpose. Soon, when we are coming to church the usher will ask you, what ministry do you do for the Lord? Now, if you don't have any ministry doing for the Lord outside there, it means you don't have any business coming to church. We are not just coming to warm churches. We need to continue from where Jesus left off. We are in church and it is enough. The Great Commission is outside these four walls. This is what we seek to do. And we are praying that God will take us there. And so I want to th- throw some light on the theme 2022. I'm sure you had some Bible study bordered on this, but I, you always cannot get it better from the one who is a vision bearer. And so I want you to throw some light on it. It's my prayer that you'll be able to grasp the spirit behind Team 2022, that is this year's theme. And then, why this year's theme? How does it fit into the overarching theme? And what are we expecting? What are we expecting? Amen. So we are looking at equipping the church as an army. The, the rationale behind this, this particular theme for 2022. 2022. Now, normally when we come out with themes, we bring some tests, some tests, some quotations uh, to back the theme. So we read the first one from Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. I'll be throwing light on that in the course of my presentation. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. Through Jesus Christ, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this is a prayer of the Apostle Paul. It's kind of a benediction, praying that God will work a work In our spirit. Then the next one is in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the purpose of the pastor, the evangelist, the apostle, the prophets and teachers in the church is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built for works of service. We have works of service and he didn't say for work of service, works of service because there are different types of works. That we can do for the almighty God. But this works of service. Is not limited to what we do here. It is basically. It is outside the church walls. What we do. In the nation. In the society. Then finally Ephesians chapter 6. 10 to 11. Ephesians chapter 6. 10 and 11 says this. Finally. Be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power. Finally be strong. Make some effort to be strong. Try to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Why? And then he says that because, the next verse, put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler's against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In the heavenly realms. So these are the three main tests attached to the team. Now, what that means is this. Every member of the church should actually study these three tests, study it closely, and try to get some rumor out of it because it is from out of these three tests That we will be working, we will be dealing, we will be picking some details from so far as the 2022 theme is concerned. Now, the overarching theme of Vision 2023 is possessing the nations, possessing the nations, transforming every sphere of society with values and principles of the kingdom of God. And this one is the overarching theme. It is our goal. It is our aim. In fact, it is our target. It is our target. This is where we want to go. Each year, we set goals to guide us towards the realization of this particular agenda. Each year. And these goals are translated into annual themes. So when we bring an annual theme, what we are trying to do is that it is a step towards the overarching goal. And so... Please have it in your mind. It's not just themes for theme's sake. No. It is steps towards the overarching goal. We want to achieve what we have set before us. So we set uh, annual themes. Annual themes, they are goals for us to achieve the purpose. The purpose of these annual themes is to provide a sense of direction to the church towards the realization of the overall goal of Vision 2023 agenda. Now, what is the overall goal of possessing the nations of this Vision 2023? This is the the overarching thing is possessing the nation. But the goal, what do we seek to achieve? Now, I want us to pay attention to this. Let's read together. Ready? Go. Go to possess their nation. The overall goal of the 2023 agenda is not building clinics, building prisons. Now, it is a strategy, building clinics and prisons, sinking boreholes, trying to lend support to the society. It's not the overarching goal. It's not the main goal. Now, this is to help us possess nations, because the chiefs will not just come and join us in worship because we are praying and fasting. But when you lend some support in your society, they see that Christ, you are exhibiting the love of Christ. And then that one is to draw them closer to you. So what we are doing is part of the transformation agenda. It is one of the strategies. But the, the goal, the real goal is what? Shall we take that again? It's a church where members Go. church where members go so the emphasis is on members going so we need to work so much on the heart and the minds of the members till they go what do they go to do they go to possess their nations i'm looking at the global church by transforming every worldview thoughts and behaviors With values, principles, and lifestyles of the kingdom of God. And thereby turning many people to Christ. So the goal is to have members go. And so all that we are doing by way of teaching, bringing things, coming to pray, and all that is to succeed in members going. What are they going to do? They are going to transform their sphere with values and principles of the kingdom of God. So he's saying that when you are going out, you are going to meet some worldview. There are thoughts outside there. There are some kind of behaviors. But you are going there with values and principles and lifestyle of the kingdom to transform that society. So there's a work to be done outside. Otherwise, church is of no relevance. Why are we born again? Why are we born again? Yes, born again to come to church on every Sunday and listening to God so that you grow in the Lord and what else? There's so much difference between any of us seated here and the man whom Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. For that man, he never had the opportunity to come back on earth. Sometimes it's as if, but when we gather together before the Lord, he will have nothing to present. He will have nothing to present. I'm sure by this time he will say, yeah, for me, I've come here by grace. But he would have wished that he had the opportunity to tell his friends about the love of God. Those who will be his product, what he has to show. And so all of us should know that churches is of no relevance if it doesn't transform the nation. If churches were not to transform nation, why should he say you are the light? You are the light because there is darkness somewhere. You are the salt because there's corruption somewhere. That is why church people should not be talking about the corruption in Ghana. Because you are the salt. So if the salt is working, the corruption would have ceased. Now, in 2010, the population of people who claim to be Christians in Ghana was 71.2. Now, somehow, uh, some of us were even fearing that that percentage would drop because of how our friends were really fighting and making sure that they got people into the exercise and all that. But thankfully, now those who claim to be Christians in Ghana, we are 73%. And so how many are non-Christians? How many people do not claim to be Christians? 73 from 100, 20, 27. So if it is this 27 people who are corrupt, would we have felt it? now. So what is the problem? The problem is the understanding of what Christianity is. Of what Christianity is. So we want to have a church where members go. And thankfully, as we speak, the Church of Pentecost, our population, as to the Ghana population, we are over 10%. So one Church of Pentecost person is supposed to transform nine Ghanaians. If you like, ten Ghanaians. And so God has given us this agenda because it is doable, but members will have to go. Now, if you go to a workplace and there's so much corruption there and you go there as a member of the church, now your agenda is to go and transform the place with a new kind of lifestyle, new values, new principles that will transform what they have there because what they are doing may be giving them money, it may be promoting them. It may be fixing jobs for some of the ladies. But you see, so when you go out there, it is not going to be easy. It is going to be a battle. That is why you must have the mind of an army. You need to combat, not if you are math, because the weapons that we are going to fight with certainly are not cannon, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so that is what we mean: members who go members who go to transform their society. Are we together? So, so far, we have dealt with three of such themes. Namely, I will build my church. We dealt with that in 2019. A glorious church to possess the nations and a glorious church revived to possess the nations. From these three themes, the church has been made to appreciate her dual responsibility A dual responsibility. Now the dual responsibility of the church. I assume that by this time you know. One is. We have been called out from the world. To worship him. So we are here to give him worship. We are here to come and adore him. So we have been called to himself. But he has sent us back into the world. To serve his purpose. So we have been called to come to him. In service. But he has sent us back. To serve him in the world. So that is the dual responsibility of the church. So we are not just here to worship him and then after church we say God wait for us. We'll see you next week. No. You carry him over to wherever you are and serve his purpose in your marriage. You see marriages break even though in our time we have so much written on marriage. And there are so many marriage counselors they call themselves. And sometimes when there are issues, pastor will say that, take it to the married counselor. Or so, don't do that. Eh? You have a lot in you to support whoever is a married counselor. But in the midst of all these married counselors and all that, marriages keep breaking in our time. Especially among the elites. They don't want pressure among the elites. Marriages keep breaking. So what is going on? It's just because the strength of our Christian life is weak. When you marry, just go and live the normal Christian life in your marriage. That's all. You don't need anything. You don't need any magic. In marriage, go and work and help. You see, I read a certain book. And what I read, I've never seen it anywhere. And it really touched me. There was These people have seven principles or something uh, that they taught their members, the Puritans. And one of it is that you marry to support your spouse's salvation. you marry to support your spouse's salvation. So that if I'm married to Osufu. These days, you can't say married to Osufu. <laughs> so if Priscilla is married to us, I've changed my mind. And so <laughs> Priscilla is married to Osufu. Now, what Osufu does is not to be complaining about Priscilla. But to help her succeed as a Christian. That's all. When you take this, you don't need any. I would have said professor, but I remember professor, is here. Any <laughs> professor or in counseling to tell you, just go in there and support this lady's salvation. So instead of complaining about the weakness, you help her to go to heaven. How many marriages will break if this is the mentality? <clears throat> what God has said in scripture is much more easier than many other things we are putting in our mind. Let us be simple there and go out there and see if we can transform the nation. And so we looked at all these tests. So there is a dual responsibility, not only at the workplace, even in your marriage at home. We tend to live at Christ. Now Titus 2, verse 13. Titus 2, 13 and 14. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. The next verse. Now, Shall we read together? Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all and to purify for himself a people that are his eager to do what is good. Now he has purified for himself a people. All of us here are his people. So we are the people of God. I like this expression than any other, than even the army of God. The people of God. So when you go to your workplace, we are. The people of God. We used to sing we are hands of the Father. We are joint with the Son. We are children of the children of the kingdom until I went somewhere, I think in South Africa, when the people said, instead of saying children, they replaced it with people. And I thought that it was better. We are people of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. So it is my prayer that all of us will know that we are the people of God, eager to do what is good. Call to himself, he trains us, releases us out there, and then we are eager to do what is good. May the Lord revive us so that we can go out there and do what is good. The dual purpose of the church just to just to let you maybe remind you in Exodus 2. This is when the law was given to Moses Moses. But let's take it from the NIV from verse 2. Exodus 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. The next verse. You shall have no other gods before me. The next one. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above and on earth beneath or in the waters below. Let's read this one together. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But let's take the first line. Ready, go. You shall not bow down to or worship them. Now, this is where the problem is. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. So, if you bow down, it is worship. If you bow, it is worship. So, what has not been translated properly? Let's go to the King James. The King James, if you have. I'm not saying that the King James is better than this. But normally, you compare scriptures. Let's take the King James. Ready, go the first line. Thou shall not bow So, instead of saying worship, he used the word said so the word worship is to bow or to serve. And so anytime that we say we are worshiping God, in our minds, we limit it to what we do here. And that is not correct. Now, worship is to bow and to serve. Now, when we bow down to him and we say we love him and we cannot simply obey him in service, then we don't really love him. The women like this song, especially at the women's ministry. You see, You see, and we all sing this song, especially in worship. You see people prostrating and weeping when as their husbands you see and so don't let us just be bowing we need to go a step further and be obedient to him that is service are we together so say don't bow down to them nor serve them so that is a dual responsibility bowing to God and serving God are we together and then to make this tax of serving God in the world easy we decided to bring the glorious church so that when the church is glorious then the watching world will want to receive us an untransformed church cannot transform the society do you get me so if you want the society to transform the Be transformed yourself. So we want the church to be glorious so that the watching world will receive our testimony. That is why we spoke about the glorious church and then the glorious church should be revived to be able to go out there to possess the nations. Having come this far, I believe it is now time to prepare to unleash the church into the world to bring the desired effect in the various spheres of society. Now, I believe that God is preparing us, but we need now to move out there and change the society. Now, the church enters the world in two fronts. The church enters the world in two fronts. One, the church enters the world as an army in an enemy territory. So when we are entering the world, we should know that the world is the enemy's territory. Jesus accepted that when the devil said, if you bow, I will give you all this, the world. Jesus didn't say, what is that? Instead of disputing that, he rather answered him that I will not bow. So it means that he accepts that, that the world, is the world system is the enemy's territory. We are not saying that the earth, the earth is the Lord. It always remains the Lord. But the world system, now, just in December, those who are working in the European Union decided that, they want to scrap the word Christmas. It took some certain presidents uh, to stop that. They wanted to scrap the word Christmas. Now look at that. So if we don't lift our light and make it shine. See, when you have small, small lights, your effect and your influences is not far reaching. People are sitting in such places and because they don't know God, they want to scrap Christmas because they are saying that it is offensive to non-Christians. Look at the argument. So they will scrap it. Now this all LGBTQ and all that, it is fronted by people of power, people of influence, making some legislation. Just some few people changing the landscape While the majority of the people are there because they are going to vote on certain things. Few people changing the landscape. And so that is the world for you. That is the world system. And the Bible says that that one, the devil has taken over. Now, it is this world system that we must enter. So, when we are entering the world system, you must prepare. You must dress well because it is an enemy's territory. Now, listen to me. The Bible says that narrow is the road that leads to heaven. What he's trying to say is that in the world, you walk like this, you walk like this, you don't just walk like that. You just don't walk like that because you are in an enemy's territory. Enemy's territory. Now, when we were boys and we were with our grandma in the village, there is this weed called Abruasikai. Now, when the path is that narrow and Abruasikai is grown, now you see Abruasikai line up on the sides of the path. You have to be very careful. When you joke and you kind of walk like that, this weed will cut you as if a knife has caught you. That's why we, we call it abiraseca. You'll be bleeding. you see that it has really cut deep. So when you see abiraseca, you walk like that. Yeah, you walk like that. You have to be very careful. You must have the consciousness that out there is the devil. And the world is a system controlled by the evil one. So when you go to work, the things you will see, will not be what we teach in church. But we are saying that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. With our light, we can drive darkness. And so we enter into this world in two fronts. One, as an army in the enemy's territory. And secondly, as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. So you go there as an army, and you go there as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, representing the king of our kingdom and then you try to transform the place with values and principles of the kingdom of God. What do we mean by trying to transform with the values and principles of the kingdom of God? What are some of the principles and values? Now, the principle of work and the dignity of labor. The principle of work and the dignity of labor. We really have to pay attention to work and dignity of labor. Now, when you are a Christian and you are a worker, work. Let them know that you understand the principle of work and the dignity of labor. Now, the principle of service. 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 All of us should try to serve one another, even in the context of marriage. The man should not say, don't you know that I'm the man? The woman should not say that I can do this because that. Let's learn the principle of service, especially when you are under authority. Even when you are in authority, try to serve those under you. Now, respect for all. Respect for all. This, we are leaving this kind of value behind. Honesty. 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 So, when we are saying we are transforming the world with principles and values, these are some of them. Honesty. Kindness. Kindness. One friend described or defined kindness as odonketinkete. I don't know how to say that in English, but I think odonketinkete is better than any of the expression in English. Odonketinkete. Showing kittinkete love to people. Now, love. Love, this is the big one. And this love, this word here, has now been so adulterated so adulterated. The one we are talking about love, we don't even know what we mean. But let us go out there and tell them what this word really means. In this word, is that word sacrifice. Sacrifice. If you love somebody and you want to marry their fellow and you cannot sacrifice to wait for the day of the wedding, and you are sleeping and enjoying yourself, you may think you love the person, but you don't love the person. If there's somebody in school, and you are following this person in school, because you have money, and you are disturbing this lady from concentrating on education, then that is not love. In love, there's sacrifice. Where the husband looks to the interest of the wife first, not his, love. Inside love is patience. And we need to look at that. One value is also the value of faithfulness. Faithfulness. What is not yours, you don't take it, no matter the circumstances. Then the truthfulness. 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 Forgiveness is another value that we must take to the world. Contentment. Contentment is great gain. Just pay attention to what is yours. And love what belongs to you don't make any effort to take to be a greedy person no be content with what you have be content with your husband don't look at another person's and desire that I wish this man was mine were mine please no don't do that humility humility one of the greatest values in life humility considering others this one is to consider others better than yourself is what we call humility now integrity of word and deed, integrity of word and deed. Now all of us, we are praying that some of you young people will soon join the political trail and that will change the political landscape because we don't want to see our politicians fight, so we need to replace them with you. So when you go there, don't tell us that you do this so that when you become the leader. You vanish into thin air. There must be integrity of word and deed. Integrity of word and deed. But begin to practice it today. Yeah. Practice even to yourself. Your word and your deed should match. Integrity of word and deed. Moral uprightness. So we will do some of these things to generate the desired transformation in our society. So we shall endeavor to diligently equip members to accomplish both tasks. Both tasks, the tasks of being an army and what? An ambassador. So we will try and equip the church to accomplish both tasks. However, we will focus on one. And this year we are focusing on the church as an army in the enemy territory. So the theme for 2022 is what? equipping the church as an army to possess the nation. Possessing the nation is an ancient military phrase, which meant replacing the rule or reign of a nation with that of another. Replacing the rule or reign of a nation with that of another. Through conquest. Through conquest. Now, even though we are not going to fight with weapons of war, with our light, overthrow the darkness so we are in battle and we want to overthrow the darkness relating this to this term possessing to the great commission inspires us to raise an army of christians who being filled with the power of the holy spirit and fully equipped with the knowledge of god who engage and transform their society with godly principles and values and transform their spheres for God, as source and light in the world. This theme calls for vigorous and intentional equipping of the church to get every single member to assume the posture of an army of the law, to take nations. Now, in doing this, we intend to use the metaphor of the armor of God. Armor of God. Every member should try to put on the armor of God. But listening to this, the emphasis of team 2022 is on equipping. Equipping the church with the armor of God. Not on spiritual warfare. So we don't want you to overemphasize the army army. The emphasis should be on the equipping. We want to equip them, members to look like a Roman soldier. And so when I come to preach, I concentrate on one of the armor, one of the armor, and I teach it, we pray into it, teach it, pray into it, discuss to bring the understanding of what it means to have the helmet of salvation, so that when you are going to work and you are fully dressed, remember that you have to put your helmet of salvation. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Because these are spiritual armor, and Paul uses the metaphor of the Roman soldier, To just explain certain things to us. So it's more of spiritual. So we are not just going to limit the church to spiritual. No. We will be doing that because we cannot deny the fact that the devil exists. As for spiritual warfare, we are engaged in it already. But the emphasis is on equipping. On equipping, because all of us have to go and represent God out there. We have to go there as an army. There, we have to go as an ambassador. So we need to prepare to go there. Are we together? So the emphasis is on equipping. What does it mean to equip? To furnish or provide for whatever is needed for use or for any undertaking. To fit out. fit out. So we need to furnish and provide whatever is needed for the members to be able to go out there and stand in for us as the army of God. If you want members to go, then let us furnish them with the required resources. Provide whatever they need. To equip is to dress. Is to dress. Is to array. To dress. So when we come to church and you are put on the speaker's plan, or if you are the Bible study leader, and you are leading Bible study, or if you are asked to come to lead the worship, all that you are doing, even in our prayer times, you must have the mind that this prayer should be able to equip. So don't just joke with anything that you are supposed to do. Now, when you are seated behind the drums, pray that God will anoint you, that the sound of the music will equip. So we are equipping people to go and... Take the nations. To equip is to furnish with intellectual or emotional resources. Intellectual or emotional resources. So we are feeding the heart, we are feeding the mind, we are feeding the soul, the emotions as well. So you'll be able to stand the wiles of the enemy. As an army, Christians need to be equipped with the full armor of God so that they can withstand the tricks and schemes of the enemy. Wobbly Christians who have no firm foothold in Christ, are an easy prey for Satan. So the Bible says in Ephesians 6 from 11, quickly let's read that. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand. Now, I'm interested in the word stand, stand, because I say we don't need wobbly Christians. Christians who are always wobbling, they are easy prey for the devil. Now put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your what stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The next verse please. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when challenges come, you may be able to, what? Stand your ground. Stand your ground. You see, it is not easy what we are talking about. If you go to a certain environment and you don't want to compromise, be like them, they will fight you. And sometimes they can even juju you. I hope I'm not frightening anybody. You know that these things happen. Those who do not know our God, they use all kinds of methods. But you should be able to stand your grounds. Stand your grounds. Stand your grounds. And after you have done everything to stand. Verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Then he started talking about the armor that we have to put on. So we need to stand. We don't need to be wobbling like that. You'll be a prey to the devil. You need to stand. But standing means confidence. Confidence in the Lord. Confidence in what you believe. That is why we need to equip the people so that they know who they believe. And they have confidence in what they believe. Because they have what it takes. They are equipped. They have what it takes to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Are we together? Confidence in the Lord. I want to encourage all of you. As many of you that can rise, that can stand. Continue to study. Do well and then be at the top there. So you can have much confidence because you'll be leading. So please take note of that. What does it mean to stand? Just to bring your mind to this word, stand. To remain firm and steadfast as in a course. You are in a course. Sometimes things can derail you, but you have to remain firm and steadfast. To take up or maintain a position or attitude with respect to a person. Take up or maintain a position. Maintain your position as a Christian. Maintain it. Maintain it. Maintain your respect. Keep it. Don't let certain things destroy you. Your integrity. Maintain it. Keep it. Stand. When it comes in respect to issues or the like. There are certain issues that your mind concerning it should not be wobbly at all. You must take your stand. When it is LGBT, take your stand. Take your stand. Take your stand. See, this armor that we have to put on, it is forged by God himself, and he's inviting us to put them on. So God made it, and he's asking that, put them on, because of the enemy out there. The army must never relax in their vigilance, or else they are not true soldiers of Christ. All the time, let us be really vigilant so that we become soldiers of the Mighty One. They must fight. We all should fight till the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God. I like our forebears, They sang this song. As I said, they were not content to be in their small corner. Anywhere that they heard that there is evil, they wanted to go there and overthrow that evil because Christ must reign. So the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God. Every generation of Christians should be concerned with what values or standards are going to rule their world or determine their culture. Now pay attention to this. Let's meditate upon this for a while. Let's read together. Every generation, now look at that. How many of you lived in the 1930s. How many of you here? It means that we have generations. You see, if we don't do anything about their culture, God is going to raise another generation after us who will change this landscape. And we will not have any reward for just coming to warm churches. The John Wesley's will not come back again. But we need to have a generation of Christians who should be concerned with what values and standards are going to rule their world and determine their culture. So don't let us sit down and say that we are Christian, but we don't care. We need to determine what values or standards which is going to rule our world. And let us make sure that God is Lord over our world. Over our world, please. So to help us achieve this, we need to give the required resources and equip the members to take our generation. So some of the topics that will help us achieve this agenda, uh, this theme in which 2022, equipping the church as an army are the following. Number one, the church as the equipping center in carrying out the Great Commission. So the church is the equipping center. Jesus told the church, go into the world, but you will not go or you cannot go until you are fully equipped. And so when we come here, we are coming to equip the church to take the nation. So the church is an equipping center. So there will be a topic on that. I will be treating that bit by bit throughout the year. And then equipping the church with the word of God. Equipping the church with the word of God. Colossians three sixteen to 17. It says that we should be fully equipped with the word of God. So that... In whatever we do or say, this word will form the basis. Now, number three, mobilizing the squad. Mobilizing the squads. Now, because we are looking at an army, we want to mobilize every member of the church. So we want the women's movement to break the ministry into squads. Small groups. Abigail, that, that, name them. And then let the squads have their leaders. And then let's mobilize them for meetings and then let us also mobilize them for service we don't want every member to be left out that is why we are talking about mobilizing the squads. so you must belong to a squad so far as this church is concerned now equipping the church with the belt of truth with the belt of truth the roman soldier needed the belt because they wore this long dress Like we see our friends the Muslims wear or the Arabs put on. This long dress. Even these days, a lot of Ghanaian young people who are non-Muslims will wear them. And then they put on the armor. So they try to bring this dress up and then they put a belt. If you don't do that, you will not be able to run. If you attempt running, the very dress that you have will trip you and you will fall. And so when you are not truthful and you want to engage the devil in battle, be careful. So you have to put on the truth so that you can be smart. You are free from any entanglement, Free from any entanglement. If you really want to change the landscape at your workplace, watch your integrity. Otherwise, when you attempt, it will trip you. So we will be dealing with the belt of truth. The new creation and the possessing the nation's agenda. This one is the helmet of salvation. We want every one of us to know that you are a new creation. And so when you are going to work, remember that you are not like them. You are a new creation. Put on the helmet of salvation. So you must stay focused on your task, just as Jesus did. Righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, the authority of the kingdom. This is the authority of the kingdom. It is a scepter of the kingdom. Righteousness. Now we'll be dealing with that topic, and then the power of faith in possessing the nations. This one will be looking at the shield of faith that will ward off the flaming darts of the enemy. Then the power of the gospel of salvation. There is nothing that so disarms the devil than the gospel. How can you imagine that? We'll go out for a crusade. The devil has many people in his grips. And then one person preaches. Then he said, as many of you that want to accept Jesus, come. And then they run away from him. Disarm him completely. By the power of the gospel. So we want to disarm the devil. And then bring people who are under his authority. Bring them people who are under his control. To the kingdom of God. To the power of the gospel. We will do it individually. And then we will do it collectively. We will do it individually and do it collectively. Then... Because he said we should stand and stand in prayer. We'll be looking at the ministry of intercessory prayer. It is the highest form of ministry that anyone can give to God. Intercessory prayer. Where you stand in for the church, for others. Not yourself. The selfless prayer. Now it is enough. Ever since we had these prayer camps and prayer centers coming, people go to church. And it's all about God give me, God, give me that. God, if you don't do this, I will not serve you. When I was at Cophia, this lady came and said just she, she told God that God, this month, if you don't give me work, I'll not serve you. Uh, also not quite. <laughs> if you don't serve God, go. I, what this thing? What is this? Like this song, "Samiyari, Mami, Oun Tami, Me Into want to our own energy, yeah. And so, these are for babies. We want to move into the high form of service. Now, we used to have this kind of prayer until recently. Young people went to church. They spend the whole night in the church house. We used to do that. When we closed from church, we came back to the same church house. Our prayer was not about us. Our prayer was about the church and the revival for the church. We brought the tall list of people who had needs in the church that we knew. And we would be spending time the whole night praying for them. So we could do all night because the list was tall and we were passionate about that. We want to bring the check back into intercessory prayer. We need people who are praying for the vision 2023 agenda. We need some people who say that my aim is to pray for the chairman of the church of Pentecost. I want to pray for him. So look at your faces. Your faces don't look like people who pray for me. No, no, not at all. How many of you know my name? Uh, you remembered it this morning when they told you I'm coming and I'm listening. See, when you do that, we will do this work with that sweat because you will be bearing us up in prayer. You also be the chairman. People will not see you, but you are a chairman in your closet. So God bless us as we travel this road this year. For me, I believe that if God has given us this thing, you will back it with signs and wonders. Shall we rise to our feet? de basana. Baya, Masondo, Bane, mosonde, Bakitande, Ro Bolo, de Biriando,